Hi everyone. I'm going to start at 10:30 and today I wanted to talk about why you need to stop using the list of foods that your nurse gave you and to do this instead. So I wanted to talk today because I'm talking about something not to do because it's something that I recently had an epiphany about and what's going wrong and making people like have really such a hard time eating healthy and following their kidney diet is because of this um, concept of lists. So I wanna remind you, say hi to all those watching the replay and hi to all those watching live. Um, if you wanna make a comment, feel free to put a comment on there and I will pop it on the screen and answer those questions as I go through. So feel free to pop in there and ask me any questions, but um, I've, so I've got a little notes. So if I look down a second, um, I realized that this list of foods that the nurse is giving you or the doctor's giving you when you got diagnosed is, um, outdated. You might not have even realized that, but that's an outdated concept and it's not the current standard. It's not the current evidence-based that it's making you afraid to even eat something like as simple as a cherry tomato because you're afraid of the potassium in it. And um, I think it really has to stop. So let's go over this. If you are using a list of foods as what not to eat as a way to restrict your diet and keep your kidneys healthy, I believe that that's the wrong way to do it. If I tell you not to do something, is that not the only thing you think about? I don't know how many people have told me that um, they, <laughs> they can't eat potatoes anymore and that's all they think about. So, hi Kathy, thanks for popping in. Um, so, I realized that you think that it's the right thing to do because your doctor's office said it or because you read it on the internet or that's what a lot of the old information used to be. So not everybody's like internal medicine doctors or whatever are up to date on the latest pedo guidelines. So that's a lot of people give me this concern. So that's kind of why I wanted to call it out today. Um, those guidelines that used to say to restrict potassium um, would say to, so they give you this list and they say to restrict this potassium and that's what's on the list is high potassium fruits and vegetables. And it's been updated, these guidelines, and now they're different. So now what they say is um, that you need to manage your potassium only if you have elevated potassium levels, which I'm willing to guess that when you got initially diagnosed with CKD, that they didn't even test your potassium levels. So who knows how many times that list was copied and handed out, you know, since the 1990s. And um, they didn't even pay attention to like your specific needs. So if you need to restrict potassium or you need to restrict phosphorus because those levels are elevated, you certainly should. Don't take this as, you know, not to do that. But um, if you haven't been told that your potassium is high, then you really don't need to restrict that. What do you need to do? What do you need to manage? Um, so it's that list of foods is not going to help you slow down the progression of your kidney disease. It's only um, it's only basically slowing your progression of making any progress with your diet. Hi, Teresa. Nice to see you here today. Thanks for coming in. Um, okay, so let's talk about what you should do. Let's say that the 
KDOKI guidelines, which are the Kidney Disease Outcome Quality Initiative guidelines, show that potassium and phosphorus are not the first things that need to be limited or washed or managed. Um, again, should be managed if your blood levels are high, but if they're not, then what you should do is this. What should you do instead? Watch your protein and your salt intake. Now, really, it's that simple. That's it. That's where you start. So you should pretty much you can still eat all the fruits and vegetables. You don't need to throw all those out the door and not eat all these colorful plates and stuff. You really need those to fill in that extra space on the plate. So what is protein? Meat, a lot of dairy like cheese and um, milk is protein. And you should eat, you know, three to four ounces of meat at a meal at your lunch and your dinner. Three to four ounces, three ounces, the size of the palm of your hand. And, um, you know, maybe about that thick. And that way, that's the portion size. And then you fill in the rest of that plate with those lettuce and peppers and tomatoes. And, you know, if you're concerned still, I wouldn't go overboard. But you need to fill in that plate with other things like potatoes and rice and vegetables. So you can have be full without that extra protein that you're limited and your sodium. So that's probably not where you got told to get started, but really that's what the guidelines say you should start. And um, so you're trying to fill up, you know, that plate with those higher fiber things like salads, veggies, and fruits. You also should toss the salt shaker. You should not use salt on your food. You should not add salt to your food at the table or at the um, stove or wherever else you're cooking it, you know, as an additional, you want to read all your spices and make sure that they don't have extra salt in them, that they're not made with salt, like using garlic powder instead of garlic salt, um, using salt-free spices. Uh, I do sell those over on nickanyskitchen.com, but you really just want to get some more oomph in there without the salt and some zest and some peppery kind of flavorings um, added. So more onion and garlic too. So I love onion and garlic. I uh, think they make a great addition to any recipe, but I know a lot of people talk to me and they're like, I love onion and garlic. Add more of that, add that flavor into your um, meal. Just don't use onion salt, use onion powder or use actual onion. Um, but using less salt takes takes a little bit to get used to. We've had so many things processed and so many things that already have the salt in them. And so it's hard to get used to, but then you'll notice yourself in like a week or two. So food will kind of be bland. You add that pepper, you add the Tabasco, that type of thing. Um, and that will um, make it a little bit more seasonal, seasonably flavorful. Plus you're adding those fruits and vegetables. And then you have um, the you get something that's salty and all of a sudden you're like, ah, I think I may have told the story before, but my family, we eat low sodium bacon when we eat bacon. And so we'll go to a restaurant and we'll eat like the regular bacon that's on the, on the buffet or whatever. And it's like, Oh, that's really salty. So you will get used to it. Um, it's not the easiest thing, but really if you add back those vegetables and those fruits that you've been keeping off because of that list, then you're gonna be in a much better space, have much more flavor for a while until you see that your potassium is changing. The biggest change, so what's happening is um, protein is creating waste product in your blood, not potassium, not fruits and vegetables. 
it's the protein. So you get that extra waste product in your blood and your kidneys can't clear that out as quickly. So that's why you decrease the amount of protein because then you don't have as much waste products and your kidneys have an easier time managing it. And then you're still getting those vitamins and minerals and nutrients that you need from fruits and vegetables and potatoes and all those other things. So now you don't have like this very limited plate with almost nothing to eat. All of a sudden you have this smaller portion of meat or protein, but you have more food on your plate because you can add those um, things. And we all know you need fiber. And I don't know how many times people tell me like all of a sudden it's not the healthy diet that they've been told to eat all along. And the reality is, is that that's because they may have been told in, incorrectly that they need to limit potassium first. And what you really need to limit is that protein and salt. Let's see who else. Diane, hi, good morning. Nice to see you. Anne, thank you for being appreciative. Good morning. Uh, Diane says, Mrs. Dash is a good source. I agree, Mrs. Dash is a great, um, just all around seasoning. She has a couple that are a little spicier, so you can grab that in the store. I would just start there and realize that it's going to take some time to transition, but that, that transition is a very important part of your process because that salt is going to lower your blood pressure and lower the amount of fluid that your body retains because your kidneys are not going to have to manage that as much. So blood pressure is huge when it comes to how your kidneys filter. So if there's a lot of blood pressure, if you have high blood pressure, it's damaging those little nephrons that are um, filtering your kidneys blood. So damaging them, making it harder for them to filter leads to um, more difficulty with your kidney disease. So you want to decrease protein and salt. So um, I love the comments. Thank you so much. Is any other questions? Pop them in there. Um, I'm wondering, you might be wondering for a few more details about what this is about. Um, I'm going to teach this and I have a better way to teach you kind of more than this. So not just don't, you know, listen to your nurse, but also other things like what to do. So how to approach meal planning um, besides having lists of foods that you can and can't eat. And it's one of those little pet peeves of mine that drives me crazy when people are like, I have this list of foods and it's not because you didn't know better. I mean, it's not because you knew better. You got told by a source that you trust and respect to follow this list but what you need to know is that maybe that's not the best solution anymore that managing your protein is the best and um especially when you have early stage kidney disease but i have a program coming out in a couple weeks february 17th and i'm excited to tell you a little bit about it um so it's going to be called love your kidneys delicious ckd meal planning and my goal is that you will be able to by the end of the time do your meal planning for chronic kidney disease in 15 minutes um, a day or 15 minutes a week to do your meal planning. And then from that, you're going to also do your meal uh, grocery shopping and stuff like that. So not promising 15 minutes for grocery shopping. Although if you do online grocery shopping, it's um, to speed that up. So let's see. Um, so I want to throw up real quick. I have a little... Um, so there's a way to jump on the waiting list. You may already be on the waiting list. If you are great, thank you. I will get you more information coming soon. If not, head on over to renaldiethq.com forward slash 
MPCKD, and that'll put you on the wait list. And I've got some great goodies coming for you that are going to be free. So no worries. So let's see. We've got a few questions. Colleen, I don't know how to, she said she's got no sound. I can't help with that. I apologize. Um, you may just try to come back. You can watch this when we're done. Um, Nancy says, why does most of the salt-free seasonings contain crushed red pepper? I do not like spicy. So Nancy, they're just trying to give you that zest without really doing, uh, you know, having the salt. So I love, like I said before, a little bit of onion, a little bit of that toasted flavor, adding some garlic. So you may find that that's, um, you know, going to be a good substitution for the salt. If you find it a really hard time, just try not to try to buy the lower sodium stuff, try to not add it at the table. There are truly some recipes that you need to have a little bit of salt for them to work, but usually not as much as the recipe asks for. So just try not to add it in your cooking. When I was growing up, we would, um, we would put salt. So we'd make uh, corn on the cob and boil it in the water. And then my grandma would put a whole stick of butter in there or probably margarine because she liked margarine. But, um, and then when you take it to the table and you'd add more margarine. So I just finally figured out, okay, maybe I don't need to do margarine in the dish while I'm cooking it. I can just add a little bit at the table. So you seem to find that balance, but um, I hope that helps a little bit. Diane says, oh, grow your own herbs, dehydrate and grind them. That is an excellent idea. And you can have those little herb gardens in your kitchen. And I love fresh herbs. They are so good. And you don't even have to dehydrate them all the time, but it is helpful. Um, but you grab them, you put them in there. I love basil. I love oregano. I love, I love cilantro too. I know some people think it tastes like soups. Um, so, but it doesn't to me. So, uh, Tamara is telling Colleen, maybe try to see if there's a mute button. Um, where do I find these new guidelines you're referring to? So um, they're called the Kadoki guidelines, K-D-O-Q-I. And if you just Google Kadoki, um, you will see that in there, there's, it's an extensive set of guidelines, 500 or more pages. And you just need to look for the nutritional guidelines and they talk about how you should limit um, protein and sodium. And then as um, you progress in kidney disease, once your labs start showing that you have potassium restriction, then you limit that potassium. And then if you have a phosphorus, elevated phosphorus levels, then you should limit the phosphorus. But for the most part, um, I'm trying to think what the other, there's another set of guidelines too, but I can't think of the name off the top of my head. Um, so Cindy's asking, what do you do when you're eating out? So when you're eating out, I recommend a couple things. So you look at the menu ahead of time. You ask them not to add salt when they're preparing it. And you also kind of have a couple go-tos that you can use that are not as salty. So know that the sauces usually are the source of a lot of sodium, but also the highly processed foods. So if you're getting like a mixed dish or something, or something that comes with the gravy on it, ask for that on the side you know, do just a little bit of it. So those are some of the things that I do uh, to help with eating out to lower the um, sodium levels of those foods. Just something as simple as asking them not to add salt when they're cooking it on the grill will make a huge difference because they just tend to shake and put it on everything. Okay, so let's see, Diane says salt-free butter. Excellent point, salt-free butter is great and very helpful. Um, 
and obviously a simple like swap. So just don't use, don't buy the salted butter, use the salt-free butter and you're in good shape. Okay. So I just want to remind you next, next video I'm doing is Saturday and I'm going to talk about uh, better options when you have, when you're making a meal plan, some better options, some better choices and ways to do that a little bit improved. And I look forward to that. And um, I'll ask you if you wouldn't mind sharing this with your friends and family if they're interested in this kind of thing and head on over to the website, renaldiethq.com forward slash MPCKD to learn more, to get on the wait list. I'll be giving you more information. Again, that's coming out February 17th. It's going to be called Love Your Kidneys, Delicious CKD Meal Planning. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for talking today. Um, oh, I just got another question. Let's see. Teresa, what is phosphorus and what foods have it? So phosphorus is, um, it's actually a mineral that's part of your bones. So your bones are calcium and phosphorus combined. And um, phosphorus can be a lot in, um, in um, like beans or meat products. So one of the best things that you can do, and milk also has a lot of phosphorus, um, so does so does regular dark colored sodas. So if you drink soda, you want to drink the light colored sodas. Um, but again, you don't have to limit phosphorus unless you have elevated phosphorus levels or like stage five and stage renal disease. But phosphorus tends to be poorly absorbed out of normal food products, out of natural food products, but it is um, highly absorbed when it's an inactive form or it's an added phosphorus, not inactive. Um, in organic is the right word. So when it is added to um, a product as like a flavor enhancer or to help um, process it, then it's really helpful for people. And it can be a way that you get a lot of um, your body absorbs that at like 95%. Um, so you want to avoid inorganic phosphorus, which you can when you're reading the labels. You're looking in the nutrient in the ingredient section, which I don't have one in front of me. But when you're looking in the ingredient section, you are um, looking for the word P-H-O-S, phosphorus. So it may say monophosphatase, which would mean it's got phosphorus. That means they added phosphorus. You want to pick a better, a different version of that product that doesn't have that added phosphorus. So, okay, I'll talk to you all soon. Have a great day and I'll talk to you on Saturday.